Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hello. Happy Lord's Day to you. Man, wasn't that worship awesome? I believe we're trusting that the Spirit of the Lord has already flooded your home with His presence, with His peace. We're so excited to be able to share this time together. And I really feel like I have a word from the Lord today. I kind of preached it to myself two or three times. And I'm excited for this moment that we could be together. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to take an offering. And every time we take an offering and every time you give to the Lord, it's, it's a form of saying yes, because part of giving to God is just being obedient to Him. Um, but even bigger than that, when we go to give to the Lord, what we're really doing is we're worshiping Him and we are saying, Lord, we trust You and we know that You're the source of our strength. You're our great provider. And so, Lord, we give this offering to You, Lord, because our total dependence is on You. Do you feel that way today? Do you feel like you're totally dependent upon Jesus for all things. I hope you do. It's the best place to be in. It's the best way to live. And as we go to worship the Lord right now, we're saying, God, thank you for taking care of me. You're bigger than the economy. You're bigger than the crisis. You're bigger than all things. You're able to open up the windows of heaven and pour down everything that I need and that my family needs. So let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day and this time that we could worship together with our family, with friends from all over the world. Lord, there are people watching and connecting from all over the world. And we thank you that even though there's a distance between us, Lord, there's no distance between you and them. You're right there in Australia or in Africa, or in Colombia, or in Florida, or in Oklahoma. Lord, you're right there. You're the friend that sticks closer than a brother, but you're so much more than that. You're the mighty king, and you're the mighty God who's mighty to save. And so today, Lord, we give an offering to you because we're so grateful for how you've taken care of us thus far. And God, we ask that you would just bless our little lunch. We come like that little boy who gave up his lunch, and then you took that lunch and you turned it into, oh Lord, a miraculous instrument of blessing thousands. Lord, take this offering and bless the multitudes with it. Multiply it as we place it directly into your hands. And God, even now, Lord, if someone is struggling financially, if someone is struggling in terms of provision in any way, Lord, we touch and agree and we ask as your children, open up the windows of heaven right now, oh God, and pour down the blessing. Meet the need even now, Lord. Lord, I pray that they would experience the miracle of provision as we touch and agree 
in your powerful promise and word. So bless this offering, bless the rest of our service, our time together, bless each and every home in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless you. Boy, do we miss you. And you know, we're encouraged because we know this is not going to be forever. And before you know it, we will be seeing each other and, um, and hugging each other. Don't worry if you're a little nervous, we'll just fist pump when we see you. But we're looking forward to that day. God is going to make it possible for us to be back together. But until then, what a blessing it is for us to be able to stay connected the way we are. And uh, I feel like I've got a really important word from the Lord. Now, last week was Easter weekend. It was Resurrection Sunday. And we celebrated um, Jesus Christ rising from the dead 2,000 years ago. And all week I've been hearing stories about people who accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Praise be to the living God for everyone that accepted Jesus. We had quite a few responses uh, right on the screen. And uh, we want to encourage you that whenever the Lord prompts you and there's an opportunity for you to respond to our screen, it's a big deal for us because we get to reach out to you even though we're separated. So allow us the privilege of connecting with you when it's appropriate, respond to what the, what the screen says so that we can have a, a, an even stronger connection. But nonetheless, um, today I wanna dedicate this message for, to everyone. I wanna dedicate this message to everyone who just gave their heart to Christ. This is a really important kind of first steps message, but honestly, it's also very important for all of us who've served the Lord um, uh, and have been walking with God for, for quite some time. And what I want to talk to you about today is that which the Bible says pleases God and what the Bible also says the ancients were commended for and to this very day are still being commended for it. I want to talk to you about that which when you stand before God, what he's going to bring up and why he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant, which is your and my faith. So I'm going to be talking to you about faith and I'll be reading to you from two different places, from Hebrews chapter 11 and Romans 10. Romans 10 is going to be the key verse, but I've got some homework to give to you. My intro's a little lengthy, but stay with me. So we're going to be reading out of Hebrews chapter 11, just the first two verses, but later on, I need you to read all of the verses. And here's what I know. I know that the Cubs are not playing. I know that the Sox are not playing. I know that there's no Chicago Bears game right now. We are not distracted. We have the time to look at the Word of God, to receive the Word of God. And it's important that when we're done, you would go and have a quiet place and a quiet time and read the uh, Hebrews chapter 11 in its entirety. And here's why. If you don't read the whole chapter, then you won't understand the title and the thrust of this message. The title of today's message is The Faith Response. It's the faith response. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 
is a series of examples and a series of stories where you see how the people of God, the ancients of God, so to speak, the, the, those who've gone before us, it's, we get to see how they responded to God by faith. Abraham had a faith response. Noah had a faith response. Uh, Joshua had a faith response. Rahab had a faith response. And you, it goes down the list of the different responses. For every situation, there is a faith response. In Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 11, there are about 19 times when the Bible says, by faith. And even though it says by faith, each one was a different response of faith. It was a different expression of faith. So there are all of these different circumstances and situations that what pleased God was a faith response. And can I tell you something? Right here, right now, we have an opportunity. The purpose of this word is that God would fill you with faith so that you too will have the faith response so that you will hear that, well done, my good and faithful servant. But before I read, let me give you a couple of examples. So remember in the New Testament, a woman who was not a believer, a woman who was not a Jewess. So she comes to Jesus because her daughter was demon-possessed. And for the first part of Jesus' ministry, he wanted to emphasize that he was coming to minister to the nation of Israel, to the Jews. And so she comes to him and she says, Jesus, would you touch my daughter? And he says, you know, I came to the, for the children of Israel and it's not fair. It almost looked like Jesus really disrespected her. He says, it's not fair to give the bread for the children to the dogs. And you know what she said? She said, yes, Lord, that's true. However, even the dogs get crumbs from the master's table. And when she said that to Jesus, he turns to her and he says, because of that response, your daughter has been made whole. In another occasion, there was a Roman centurion who came to Jesus and asked for a miracle for his servant. And when he asked him for the miracle, Jesus said, all right, I'll come to your house. He said, no, you don't have to come to my house. He said, because I'm a man who's in authority. I tell my soldiers go and they go. I tell them to do this, and they do what I tell them to do. And I recognize that you have the highest and the greatest authority of all. So all you have to do, Lord, is say the word. And Jesus said, for that response, your servant is healed right now. Brothers and sisters, there is a faith response for every situation, for every circumstance. Look, let's go back 70 years. See, it's important to understand that even though these are challenging days and difficult days, okay? This is not the first time in history that the whole world has been in crisis. It's not the first time in history that there's been a plague. You know, every generation gets their share. We're experiencing ours with COVID-19. But let's go back 70 years. Listen to C.S. Lewis, who was a very significant voice to, to the church. You see, he's gone on. He played his role. He, he did what God asked him to do. And he was speaking during the time, right after the war, uh, after Second World War, everyone was in a panic in regards to uh, um, there being a nuclear war. In fact, they were having 
children in the uh, early 50s, I believe, they would do these uh, nuclear bomb drills where the kids would hide under their desks as if the desk was going to protect them from, from a, a nuclear attack. But nonetheless, there was a great fear. And look at what, uh, at what um, C.S. Lewis said in response to living in an, an atomic age. He said, the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we're going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children. Not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. Listen to this, because this was, I guess, a little prophetic. He said a microbe could do that. Like right now, it says, but they need not dominate our minds. How many know we can live by faith and walk in faith right here, right now, during this season of the COVID crisis? We can stand in faith and we can be pleasing to God right where we are with our current constraints, with our current uh, difficulties. God loves when we live by faith. And so what I want to do right now is I just want to pray. I'm going to read the word of God, and then I want to pray. And when we pray, we're saying, God, put that faith response inside of me. Put it deep inside of my soul. Let me pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm praying first today because I want, I'm asking you, Lord, to activate your word the moment we read it. And I pray, Lord, that your word would be quick and powerful to our souls. And I pray, Lord, that we would recognize that we can please you if we will just live by faith. So, Lord, all over the world, some people uh, uh, might be ill today. Some people might be isolated today. Father, I pray that you would release your spirit and your word and that you would put faith inside of every heart. And I pray for all of the miracles that come when we respond by faith. So bless this word, bless our time together in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. So look, let's read these few verses right now. First of all, Hebrews chapter 11, 1 and 2. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients, the Abrahams, the Noahs, the, the Jacobs, the Sarahs, these were not perfect people. The Samsons, the Gideons, the Bible talks about. Not perfect people. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But God loves when we respond by faith. It says this is what the ancients were commended for. We can be imperfect but still have a beautiful, wonderful faith response. And then Romans 10 says this. Uh, which is what we will be focusing on in a few moments. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say this with me. Let's read this together. Ready? 
So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're gonna be talking about how faith grows in our spirit, how faith grows in our hearts. Look at what Andrew Murray said. It says, faith is the spiritual faculty of the soul that deals with the spiritual realities of the future and the unseen. There are spiritual realities uh, uh, related to your future and things that are unseen and the way we get a hold of what God has for us, those spiritual realities, is that we respond to him with faith. So this is a big deal. The faith response is the choice that pleases God. Listen to this. And the faith response is the choice that expects a reward from God. What's the faith response? It's the response that pleases him, and it's the response that expects a reward and a blessing. Do you know Jesus is waiting and willing to bless you, to answer you, to pour out an amazing reward? He is a rewarder, it says. You'll read it a little later, of them that diligently seek him. So let's, let's start to unpack faith, because how is it that someone develops that faith response? Well, Romans says faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. So let's walk through this. Number one, real faith hears God. Okay? Faith hears God. Did you hear him today? When you read the Bible, did you get information or did you hear God? You see, when you read the word of God, you're supposed to hear God saying something to you. For example, when we opened the service today, my wife said to you, this morning I read this out of the Psalms. And when she read that, she, she didn't just get information, she understood, I need to put this into practice because God is talking to me. Every time we read the word of God, we need to understand that God is actually speaking to us. Some people read, but they don't hear. And as I was praying, just so that you know, as I was praying, I was praying that your reading would turn into hearing. I was praying that there would, that especially with this time that we have, we have more time in a way than ever before to hear from God. I was praying that every time you read the Bible that you would hear God speaking to you. God speaks to us. God has a growth plan for us. God wants a relationship with us. In the same way that a parent recognizes that their child needs to grow in a particular way, and so what do they do? They talk to them about it. Well, God wants to talk to you about how he wants to grow you, but you have to hear him. You know, when we were, when, when, when our kids were little, one of the things that we used to do is as soon as we got past the stage of us having to read the Bible to them and they could actually read for themselves, the minute they would wake up, we would put the Bible right on their bed. We were like, don't even get out of bed, just wake up. And uh, my kids could tell you stories about this, the Bible just dropping right there. And they would read their Bible in the morning. Um, and very often when they would come up, maybe we're having breakfast, I would say to them, did you read your Bible? And they would say, yes. 
And I would say, well, what would you get? What would you get out of it? What did God say to you? And they knew after a while that they couldn't say, uh, it was about Jesus. No, I needed to know what the Lord spoke to them. And then it was funny because later on, when our church first started, one of our brothers who's a pastor now, his name is Danny Cancel, my son was just a little guy, and I, we were having lunch, and Tommy turned to Danny Cancel and said, hey, Danny, um, did you read your Bible today? And Danny said, as, as a matter of fact, I did. And, and Tommy said to him, so what'd you get out of it? What did God say? And I'm like laughing because Danny was shocked. But can I tell you something? Everyone should be able to ask anyone who's reading the Bible that question. What did he say to you this morning? Because faith hears. Faith hears the word of God in a personal way. Faith hears the, the word of God in a powerful way. This morning, here's what I heard. Psalm 73, 26 says this. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My portion beyond COVID-19 is Jesus, hallelujah. And you know, I don't know about you, I didn't have the best, easiest week in my life, but hallelujah, here's my word, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In other words, sometimes we're weak. Sometimes we're struggling. Sometimes we're disgruntled. Sometimes we're unhappy. And the problem is, is that we're not hearing from God. We're hearing other people, but who we really need to hear is God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And I'm telling you right now, even if you read one verse today, you're going to read all the whole chapter, but you get what I'm saying? Even if you read one verse today, God wants to speak to you. Don't ever read the Bible without having a heart and an ear that says, I want this to be absolutely, totally personal to me, to my life, and to my circumstances. Real faith hears. Faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. And so the first thing that has to happen is that you've got to hear. And you need to know that God wants you to hear every time you open his word. So faith hears. Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God, which brings me to the second point, And this is where it really starts to apply. Faith not only hears, but faith accepts God's word as true. And when God speaks to us, when you read the scripture, like what my wife read uh, a few minutes ago, it always comes in two forms. The word of God will always come to you in the form of a promise or in the form of a command. You could read a story about someone else, but when you start to ask yourself the questions that apply the text to you. It could be the, the, the Syrophoenician woman, or it could be uh, uh, the centurion. When you read that story and start to apply it to you, one of two things is gonna happen. God is either gonna give you an instruction or God is going to give you a promise. And when God gives you an instruction and when God gives you a promise, you have to receive it as true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of, uh, and the hearing of the word of God. And so you're accepting the word of God as true. Now, some people 
their theology only makes room for the promises of God. Okay? And if your theology only makes room for the promises of God, then you have weak theology. You don't understand what a blessing it is to have God telling you and teaching you and instructing you on how to live. In other words, the commands of God are just as important as the promises of God. Some ministries, they shape everything towards the promises of God, but living for God and being blessed by God is receiving not just the promises, we'll talk about the promises in a moment, but it's also receiving the commands. You gotta let God tell you what to do and how to live. Some people are wonderful until you tell them what to do. See, some of us, we want God, but we don't want to be told what to do. Well, listen, this reminds me of a story. Um, Phil Jackson, the head coach of the, the once head coach of the Chicago Bulls, he wrote a, a story about his season or his time here in Chicago. And uh, let me read this to you real quick. So after taking over the Bulls head coaching job, before they won any championships, Phil Jackson knew Jordan, Michael Jordan, was the best player in the league, and he knew that his desire to win was so great. And here's what he told him. Listen to this. He told Jordan, in order to win, he needed to take six less shots in a game, and even if it meant that he wouldn't win the scoring title. So imagine Phil Jackson talking to arguably one of the, the greatest the greatest basketball player of all time. And he's saying, you got to shoot less. And so here's what, here's what Jackson said to him. It, this is really, really good. Look at this quote. He says, you've got to share the spotlight with your teammates because if you don't, they won't grow. Jordan says, well, I think we're going to have trouble when the ball gets to certain people because they can't pass and they can't make decisions with the ball. Imagine Jordan saying this about these guys that he's playing with. These are professional basketball players. And Jordan is saying, these guys don't even know how to make a decision when they get the ball. But after they talked a while, here's what happened. Jordan says to him, okay, you know me. I've always been a coachable player. Whatever you want to do, I'm behind you, coach. And he's the greatest basketball player of all time. And he's saying, you know what? Even I need a coach. Can I say something to you today? Maybe you feel like you're the MJ of your world. Maybe you feel like you're the Michael Jordan of your home and of your life and of all the things that are going on. But guess what? You still need a coach. You still need instruction. You still need direction. Every one of us. I wish there were a, a thousand people in this room so I could say somebody shout amen right now. Shout amen in your house because we all need our coach and Jesus is our coach and his word is our instruction. And so when you receive the word of God, when you're reading the word of God, even if it's a command, you receive it and say, I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say, yes, my life is yours. Sometimes to get, to get what's best for you in your life, do you know what you have to do? You have to follow God's instruction. Like right now, even in this crisis, I was thinking today about the different places that people could find themselves 
today. I think about this all the time. You know, one of the ways that I pray for you is whenever I feel frustrated or, or whenever I feel any kind of hardship during this time, things that really don't bother me, I, I know in my heart that a lot of you are going through the same thing but times a thousand. And so it makes me pray and say, Lord, meet them where they are and bless them and help them. If I'm feeling this, they, they're probably feeling this by a thousand, Lord. And hallelujah, Jesus is there to help you. If you're going through something difficult by a thousand of what most people around you is going through, Jesus is there to help you. You might be listening to this message from an inside of a car. But can I tell you something? Jesus is there to help you. But you have to do what he tells you to do. You see, you have to follow his command. Why? Because there's a blessing when we follow the promise of God and when we follow the command of God. Faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. And what, it, what, what that verse is saying is, is that God will tell you to do something and you just need to trust that if he says it, it's absolutely the best thing for your life and it's the best way to go. I want the musicians to come. It won't be too much longer. But there's something powerful that happens when we just follow the word of God. There's something amazing. We just took an offering. Sometimes I remember when I first started serving God, people said to me, uh, you know, my unbelieving family, why do you give the way you give to the Lord? And you know what the answer was? It's because God said so. It's because God said to give to him. Here's what God said. God said, give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If God says it, that's enough. We don't have to figure out how he's going to answer, how he's going to back his word. We know that if it's God's word, God is going to back his word. I was uh, talking to one of our pastors, and um, he, he mentioned to me that he was talking to um, a guy who has a real high-profile job. He travels all over the world. And it turns out, that even though people would look at him and absolutely envy him, what they don't know is that he's divorced and he's estranged uh, from his children. He hasn't been able to, to get to his kids. And their situation is so difficult and so hard. Um, and he suffers this. And people look at him and they envy him, but they have no idea what's really going on. And so he started going to church and he gave his heart to the Lord. And here's what he did. He said, Lord... You said in your word, all things are possible. All things are possible with you. And Lord, when I look at what's gone down in the past, when I look at what's happened, God, I'm trying to follow you. God, I take your promise. And I bring that promise before you. And I say, Lord, all things are possible. And Lord, at least you could restore my relationship with my children. You can make it possible for the Lord to touch my wife's heart after everything that's happened and nobody knows those details. 
but you can, you can touch our heart and you can make it possible for me to start seeing my kids. That's why I want to start with you. And he began to pray and he began to pray. And sure enough, he gave the testimony. He said, you won't believe this. Hallelujah. But I reached out to my ex-wife and my ex-wife said yes. After so many times of her saying no, she said yes, and I can see my children. And can I tell you something? The miracle is halfway done. There's so much more that God wants to do. I'm telling you this story in a, as a miracle halfway done because maybe you find yourself halfway there. Well, don't give up. Just stick with the word of God. Keep, keep having the faith response. Keep doing what God is telling you to do. Keep trusting in his promise and saying, yes, Lord. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what the cool people are doing. Faith says, I will do whatever the Lord wants me to do. I'll say, yes, Lord. I'll say, yes. Because I have more time to read, I came across a, a quote recently by, um, well, not a quote, a story by Ralph Waldo, uh, Waldo Emerson. So Emerson was one of the great cultural influencers of his time. And he was a brilliant man and he wrote so many amazing things. But did you know that he actually was potentially on his way to be in the clergy and he left the church, he left everything because Ralph Waldo Emerson that brilliant mind, he didn't like communion. He said that taking communion and what communion represented was uncivilized and idolatrous. This is what I'm talking about right here, brothers and sisters. You see, sometimes we can be brilliant, but we could be blind. Sometimes we could think we know so much, but we don't know more than God. Haven't you been blessed by communion? Have you ever taken communion and said, thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for your body being torn for me and for your blood being shared, shed. How many know we should embrace communion even if it may not be pretty to this world? How many would agree what Jesus did on the cross is the most beautiful thing of all time? And we receive that for ourselves and we follow everything that he teaches. The faith response is such that the minute you hear the word of God, you say, God has spoken to me. He's given me a command and it's true. And so I'm gonna follow his word. Now here's the last thing. Faith is not too proud to do exactly what God says. And faith says, I trust him so much that while I'm waiting, faith believes the best of God. Faith believes the best of him. See, sometimes God gives you a promise and you're waiting on the promise. I've been thinking about people waiting right now for God to answer. Well, can I tell you something? Believe the best of God. Believe that God is going to come through. Believe you can lift your hands in a few moments and say, God, I trust you and I believe you because you're not going to forsake me. Look at what Paul Little said. He said, skepticism 
about God's grace stems either from an inflated view of humanity or a shrunken view of God. Don't let God little, get little in your life. Say, God, I know that you're good and I know that what you have for me is the absolute best. We're almost closed if the singers could come. Listen to this. We get, we get uh, prayer requests all the time. We recently got a prayer request where someone said, please uh, help me. Please help me with the spirit of laziness. <laughs> and uh, um, I say, amen. It's so easy to just sit back and say, what can we do? There's nothing we can do. But see, I know and you know that's not the faith response. The faith response says, I got to get up and do something today because I know that God's got some things for my life. I've got to get ready. I've got to work out. I've got to read. I've got to pray. I've got to text someone. I've got to talk to someone because God wants to use me today. I believe that even though these are difficult times, God still has good things and wonderful things and powerful things for my life. I say yes to you, Lord. I will not allow this moment to cause me to have a shrunken view of God. See God big today. Think about it. Think about us being stuck in our homes. And the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth. And he's looking to strengthen whichever heart is totally focused and sold out to him. So he looks around and we're stuck in our homes and he's looking. What is he looking for? He's looking for faith. He's looking for faith. He's looking for someone to say, this is a hard situation, but I believe you, God, and I trust you, God. God, you gave me this promise. You spoke this word to me. And God, by your mighty power, you're going to come through. I'm going to tell you this one last thing, and then we'll close. I was speaking to a young man the other day. And uh, he's blessed to have grown up in a Christian home. And he said to me, um, I'm, you know, I'm a young married and I've been really, really worried. Well, in a way, I've been worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. Um, but I learned how to trust God with my giving. And so I have decided, even though it really hurts, I decided I'm not going to take my giving off of automatic. You know, we give uh, on a monthly basis. Some people just give online and they give auto. He said, I decided I'm not, I'm not going to take it off the automatic. I'm just going to leave it on there. And he said to me, you know, it really, really hurts every time my, my gift goes out to God, my worship goes out to God. He goes, but it's been crazy because in the most bizarre ways, God has opened up doors for me. And he keeps providing for me in ways that I just would never imagine. But God, he just keeps on and he keeps on blessing me and taking care of me. I'm telling you right now, there's a faith response for your life today. There's a faith response for your situation and your circumstance. 
There's a word that God wants to give you so that you could respond to your most difficult challenge today. I know that there are people struggling, but greater is he that is in you. He is greater than your circumstances. He's greater than your problems. He's greater than all the people around you. You have Jesus inside of you, hallelujah. If you just put your faith in him, he's gonna come through. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, hallelujah. He will not let us down. Lift your hands right where you are. Let's put faith into action today. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'll say yes. My life is yours. When you call me, I'll come running. I'll say yes. My life is yours. I'll say yes. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. My life is yours. When you call me, I'll come running. I'll say yes. My life is yours. Hallelujah, Jesus. You realize today one of the greatest, most powerful things you could do for your life, for the people that you love, for your future is simply, yes, Lord, I believe. It's saying, yes, Lord, I will follow your word by faith. Abraham left his family. By, he, he, he left where he lived and he took his family. But he left his whole family to the place that God would show him. By faith, Noah built an ark and he saved his family. And on and on it goes throughout history. People heard what the Lord said. Faith comes by hearing and they took God's word as true. And they said, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. And when we say yes, then all of the powers of heaven are released. When we say yes to God, then God moves by his mighty power because God says, I put my word above my name and I will back my word with my power. And I'm telling you right now, your family will be changed. Your life will be changed. Your home will be changed when you say yes and you believe. All we have to do is say, Lord, I believe. And so here's what I, what I wanna do. 
I want to pray secondarily for our Bible reading. But first, do you have one thing today that you really need God to step in? First thing I want to ask you is what has God been saying to you? I want you to think about a promise that God has given you. I prayed this morning for someone that I love so deeply and they need an absolute miracle. There really is no other answer except something divine, something supernatural. No one on earth, nothing on, her, on earth can make a difference, but that doesn't matter because all things are possible with God. And so maybe you find yourself in one of those situations. Maybe you, you need to pray for your family or for your home. I want you to lift your hand. In fact, I'm gonna ask my wife to come. We're gonna touch and agree and we're gonna, we're gonna pray not only for, for our situations and circumstances, but we're gonna touch and agree for you right now. We stretch out our hands towards you. All things are possible for them that believe, whether you're in Australia or Africa or South America. Come on, begin to pray. Come on, hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we believe our faith says all things are possible with God. We say yes to you. We say yes, oh God. We receive the promise of God. We receive the command of God. We receive the word of the Lord. And God, we say yes and we agree. And we ask that you would go by your mighty power, Lord Jesus. Visit homes right now. Heal marriages right now. God, provide finances right now. God, get someone, Lord, the shelter that they need right now. God, touch people that are sick. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come against coronavirus. God, we believe you to do the impossible. Heal our brothers and sisters. Raise them up out of their sickbed right now by your mighty power. Raise them up in the name of Jesus. By your mighty power. Touch bodies, touch hearts, touch minds in the name of Jesus. Break depression in the name of Jesus. Get people up off of the couch, up out of the bed, Lord, to do what you've called them to do, oh God. We say yes to the word of the Lord. We will not be stagnant. We will not be lazy. We come against that lie in the name of Jesus. We come against all of those things and we say yes to you. We say yes to you, oh God. Hallelujah. And now, Lord, we pray. Put your hand on your heart. We pray. I want to pray for a week of hearing from God like never before. I want to pray that when you go to read Hebrews chapter 11, that your life would be so inspired that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is your God too. The God who did the miracles for Moses and for Noah, he's your God too. The God who did the miracles for Gideon, he's your God. Jesus is ours. Hallelujah. And so, Father, right now we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for a revival of Bible reading. And I pray, Lord, for a revival of receiving and hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. God, fill your people with 
faith. God, help people know that when they sat with you or when they sit with you in the future, you are ready and willing to speak to them. So God, help us. Help us to experience transactions in the realm of the Spirit that are powerfully manifested, Lord, in our realities. You are faithful. You are good. You are good, Lord, and we declare it. We declare that you are good, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, let's sing, you are good. Let's bless him. Let's end this this time together. And I want to encourage you to keep worshiping God when we go off the screen. If that's how the Spirit prompts you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be his name, oh God. You are good. In the morning I say you are good. In the evening I say you are good. Good, you are good to me. You are good, you are good. In the morning, I say, You are good. In the evening, I say, You are good. You are good to me. Father, we bless you, we thank you, we touch and agree, Lord, by your mighty power that you're strengthening all of your people right now. You're flooding homes with faith. God, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. As we read the word today, flood every heart and every home with faith. And Lord, we thank you that mountains will be moved this week. We thank you that families will be restored this week. We, we thank you that children will be given back to their mothers this week. Because you're good and you're faithful and you honor your word. Bless your people, bless the day, bless the week. Oh God, for your glory and for your honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. God bless you, we love you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Tuesday. Thank you for worshiping with us online today. If you haven't already, please follow us on all of our social media channels. And also, don't forget to worship the Lord through giving.
You can go on our website to give or text Chicago Tab to 77977. We're praying for you and we love you and just know that the Lord is with you.